I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 91 of the Food About Town Podcast, I had Gene Olchek from Karma Sauce and Brud Holland from all over the place, including Fox Run Vineyards, and also he's a main part of the Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty. So we tasted through some of Gene's Karma Sauce today. We tasted four different flavors, including one that is now featured on the Hot Ones YouTube show. It's his Extreme Karma Sauce. Hot Ones YouTube show is a huge show. And if you don't know about it already, go check it out on YouTube. They interview celebrities and they do, they taste through 10 different hot sauces. Now Jeans is on that list for season five, which is very exciting for a local product to be featured on a show like that. So we, we tasted through four of the sauces, included the Extreme Karma. We talked through how Gene really, how he started in hot sauce and how he decided to focus on local. And we, you know, uh, Brett and I went through the hot sauces and we got burned up a little bit. <laughs> but we also talked with Brad about some of the uh, Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty, some of the advantages of working local, and one of the products he's working on, which is kind of a caper substitute using marigolds, which is fascinating. So make sure you check out Karma Sauce. It's karmasauce.com. You can see it on the Hot Ones YouTube show, and you can also grab it at all sorts of stores around Rochester. And check out uh, Fox Run Vineyards for Brad, and uh, you can also look for the Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty in and around the Rochester Finger Lakes area. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. I'm at Food About Town on Facebook and at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Right. So, I don't know. Winter seems to be waning temporarily. One of my guests said it was going to crash down again and we were going to be in a Arctic freeze again, but we'll live with that when it comes. But I'm here. It's a weekend morning and I'm ready to get burned up a little bit today. So I've got a couple guests with me. Um, sir, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, Hi, I'm Gene Olchak, the owner of the Karma Sauce Company. Okay. And... Gene and I, well, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Gene and I met each other in a different part of our lives a little while back. Yeah, just a little. A little, little while back. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself, sir, across from me, the other side. So I'm Brett Holland, and I actually wear three hats. I'm the chef at Fox Run Vineyards down in uh, down on Seneca Lake. Uh, I own a company called Finger Lakes Made. It does a little bit of food packaging. Okay. Getting ready to set up some things. And then I'm also the president of Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty. Which I definitely want to talk about, and I think, uh, Gene, you were involved in that in some form or another, right? Yes, up until a couple of years ago, uh, I was participating on the board a, a bit there, but uh, some of the full travel I had with uh, Jay West and getting the farm set up uh, kind of caused me to fall back a little bit on that. Well, so. It's kind of it's hard to do everything, as I realize all the time. <laughs> it's hard to keep everything floating all at the same time, but um, yeah. So I, I definitely wanted to talk about that a bit. But um, let, let's let's start off with talking about what talking about Karma Sauce and how you ended up starting that because you're a local company and you grow your own fruit, right? Uh, yeah, we grow a lot of uh, peppers and tomatoes and garlic mostly. Okay, which is nice. I mean, so that's so tomatoes, the peppers, and garlic. So talk about what 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 is Karma Sauce and how did you get into the whole thing? Well, it's uh, you know we're a small uh, 
manufacturer of condiments right now, like you know, ketchups and hot sauces, mustards. And it started as a, sort of something that grew out of a locavore challenge thing with some neighbors. So we shared a garden, you know, over in Parenton, uh, you know, just a regular backyard garden. And uh, my neighbors, the, the Che Warrens, wanted to uh, include a bunch of their uh, friends in you know, getting into more local food. And they said, hey, you, let's you know, let's work together on this and make it like sort of a community project. And so, you know, I started going hardcore about it, maybe, maybe a little bit too much. I was like, well, where can I get local salt? I can't use any olive oil because that's not from around here. And, you know, then I looked at my hot sauce collections. I'm like, well, this, this stuff is like all from elsewhere. So I said, you know, let me come up with something new that's got a lot more of a local focus on the ingredients. And uh, that's, that's where it started. Uh, the original what ended up being good and bad karma sauce uh, was what grew out of that. And it seemed popular enough to uh, sort of press forward as trying to make it, you know, available to the public. And you were doing all this, you know, you started small, but you also did all of this while working full time at a, where we met at a, right. at a local aerospace company. True. I think it was ITT at the time. It had it been was. Kodak. Then it was Excellus and now it's Harris. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's where I started right out of college. I met Gene while I was working there. Um, and then after I moved on to another position, I met, you know, we were working together on, uh, this, some of the J West stuff. Right. So the James Webb Space Telescope. So I had designed the center of curvature test metrology for the primary mirror, uh, for uh, James Webb Space Telescope. And so for those, for those that don't know, James Webb Space Telescope is kind of the spiritual successor to the Hubble Space Telescope. At least right. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, and that it's the primary focus of the sort of that astronomy mission at the moment in terms of what's being put out uh, for this past decade or, right. or, or more. Right, and this is a lot of, you know, a lot of the core work happened here in Rochester and then moved on to um, what Johnson Space Center in Houston, right? Right, I've, matter of fact, my uh, last, it's, uh, testing is complete there now and it's on its way to California my last day of testing there, I spent a lot of the summer in Houston. And Great I time to, to be in Houston is the it middle was. of the summer. I, I, I was actually, uh, you know, I left the Friday that the Harvey was coming in. So oh, a wow. few, few bands of Harvey were hitting me, and I changed my travel plans to be out of Dallas. And so Prob- I, made it, I made it out before the storm. Probably a good move. <laughs> it was chasing me from behind, but it was, a, it was an interesting trip. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, that, that's where we originally met. And I remember you talking about when it was first starting about what you were doing with the hot sauce. But since then, I mean, you've continued to grow, continue to do different things. Um, what's, what's been the drive to grow the business and, you know, really expand what you're doing? Well, you know, we've you know, kind of taken a long view on preparing for this, although, you know, my, t- my time has been a limiting factor, you know, again, working full time on other stuff. Uh, but despite that, I've been, you know, hiring other folks to do things and mm. set up our own farm so we can kind of maintain what, you know, what we corporate world, right? Uh, vertical integration. So we, <laughs> we're doing as much of the, our own growing as we can. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to try and jam in as many corporate buzzwords as we right, can right. today so, uh, to make it as opaque to regular people as possible. Right. So we, so you know, we want to kind of go to this farm to bottle thing. So we, you know, yeah, we, find yeah. it, we can't grow everything ourselves. It's a bit impractical. So I do, you know, I, I like to work with uh, you know Martin Farms out in Brockport because they'll oh nice they grow a lot of squash. They also you know support the the, the squash seed oil and. Um, pumpkin seed oil. Yeah, oh, those are stuff. delicious. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite local products is the squash seed oils. Um, 
And I, I've saw I've seen that you know for years the different uh, squash and pumpkin seed oils at the big fox run uh, garlic festival. Some of the vendors right. will come in for that, and it's yeah. really delightful stuff. It is the delicata. Oh, seed those oil. are that's, that's aren't those great squashes? Yeah, and the seeds the way that it's part maybe it's partially the seeds and maybe the way they roast them they have like the most nutty flavor. You know, if you're looking for something, if you have to be nut free, and you want something that's kind of like a sesame oil. Um, I would try that delicata. Interesting. Of course, you know some people are that are that are allergic to tree nuts avoid sesame seeds as well. But I think, right. I think pumpkin seeds and squash seeds are fine. Yeah, they're they're they don't grow on many trees. No, they don't. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're those the the delicatas I got into them more this uh, this season. But roasting those and turning them into just like roast squash, the flavor and the concentration mm-hmm. in those are just just spectacular. You you use those at all, Brian? Oh, I do. I use them all the time. The uh, I, I'm actually I, I've been into the butternut squash lately because I okay. like to I like to roast the butternut squash itself and then use the oil in the dressing. So it and it, it it's such a darker flavor than the actual flesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, but if you roast the flesh and caramelize it in the oven a little bit, uh, you get some really interesting, nice flavors. And it's a perfect like winter flavor as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, and it, I mean obviously it makes great soup, but you know standalone just on pasta, just putting it in something is just mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Um, and squash is one of the base flavors of your sauce, right? Right, and we we go we do also use butternut squash, and it's somewhat as a, a more practical reason for that because butternut squash is something that's you know re- more readily available, right? So yeah. if, we, if we do this delicata, oh, I like the squash seed oil. It's not as practical for the uh, you know being able to get it over a longer season. Um, you know, I can keep getting squash almost into the early summer from from Martin for butternut. Oh, that's nice. And squash stores well if you have the professional storage facilities. So, oh yeah, absolutely. So you can continually get local squash throughout your whole season, which is kind of nice. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And they do a great job with it. You know, it's like it's about as high a quality as you can get. Well, and your focus is still on local for all, almost all your sourcing, right? True. True. Which is, I mean, kind of nice that we have a you know it's a true local hot sauce. Right. Um, yeah, well, our most pop. Whatever, well, aside from bad karma sauce, uh, our other most popular sauce is the uh, um, uh, cherry bomb, which is made with the uh, our habaneros and sour cherry or tart cherries. I, I say sour cherry, cherries on the label. I may change it to tart because I think people who grow cherries call them tart cherries. Yeah, know? that's definitely. It seems to be. I don't know about a marketing push, but it seems to be going that direction now. It's tart cherry, tart cherry juice, things right, like that. Right. So, yeah, we have some of the best cherries. That, you know. Uh, from around here, I know what I was doing a, with um, Singer Farms Natural. They had who I buy cherries from. Yeah, uh, they had some of their concentrate, which is delicious. A great, mixer. it's amazing. Yeah, it's good, really good stuff. And so, and I, I use a, a whole cherries. I don't use the concentrate, but I, I use it at home. And you know, they had some stuff from Michigan and some stuff from the, that was local, and you could tell a difference. I mean, there was a, a bit more uh, pucker and a little brighter flavor to our local stuff. Well, and I mean, you, it's that's one of the important things with all hot sauces is balance um, and it not to say i don't i love i like vinegar sauces i like you know the aggressive vinegar and salt sauces but um i think it's something i remember we talked about a while back was um that your your sauces are very focused on flavor development and balance True. and they're not just hot so That's, i mean why, why, why would you why do you continue with that part of it which part of it with the you know the balance i mean you all your yeah. flavors are sauce are flavor based but well, that's true. Yeah, we try to you know, and also, you know, compared to like you know, we're not doing a Louisiana style uh, cayenne mash, mm-hmm. which is you know, it's got it's a great thing, and it's you know, it's it's a it's an important I think tool when you're going to use it as an ingredient in other foods and on foods. But you know, that already is out there, and it's you know, it's a more uh, tart or actually 
lower pH kind of flavor than what we're doing. So we're mm-hmm. doing more of a vegetable puree kind of sauce or, or, and some fruit as well. So a little more of a savory sauce than a, you know, just a vinegar sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different kind of depth of flavor too. Because mm-hmm. those, although, you know, fermentation brings a lot of good flavors to those sauces. Um, yours has a lot more what freshness? I don't know if do you yeah. do you do fermentation too, or uh, I have a couple of products that have some fermentation to them that we nice. blend in. Um, that's you know uh, you know used. It's mild. You know, it's not quite again. It's not a two year age type of process. This is sort of a you know it's fermented long enough to get a bit of that uh, aromatic development that you sure. only get through fermentation. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, fermentation. People are getting more and more into it. I know you do. You do fermentation at Fox Run, or yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of um, you know sauerkraut type things. Uh, this year, I got some kohlrabi from Bijou Seed and uh, in Geneva, and I turned it into kraut. And uh, of I course, just served it last night at a, a fundraiser down in Corning, uh, the Blue Moon Ball, and it was really interesting. I actually mixed it in with the bison that we were sort of making this open faced, like almost like a Reuben style sandwich. Uh, really delicious, and uh, I just I love those sort of natural flavors that you get. And uh, you know, the one thing I wanted to mention about Gene, you know, when I first met Gene, uh, his sauces were uh, they were creating those interesting flavors, and um, you know, ju- more than just the heat. I, I can remember back when I had first opened my bakery in in the early '90s. You know, hot sauce was just about the heat. You know, people were just trying to see how hot they could get it. And, and it's really evolved sort of nicely. And what Gene does so well is like the flavors in his sauces are so delicious. Yeah. It's not just hot. And uh, that's what's cool about watching that, uh, that, that other uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Video. And that's, that's, I mean, that was kind of the impetus. I mean, Gene and I have been talking about having him come over for a while, but um, he ex- actually featured on one of the biggest YouTube shows. His sauce was at the Extreme Karma sauce, right? Right, which of course is on the, the very high end of the, uh, the heat spectrum, so it's kind of a little bit farther afield than what we were t- talking about. To the extent that it's got the the same balance of ingredients as like in the original sauces. However, once you start getting into the hot sauce business, people that really like hot sauce start asking for hotter and hotter stuff, and so that's where oh, we sure. got, ended up developing taking, taking that original formula and making it as hot as it possibly could be. That's what extreme karma is. So it's you know. It's not representative of our whole line, but it does get our name out there, and it is. We are super delighted to be on the show. Obviously, yeah. So I mean, um, Extreme Karma is now featured on the Hot Ones YouTube show through uh, First We Feast. Uh, before we started, we were watching the introduction. Uh, they did an introduction video uh, showing all the ten sauces for this new season. They do about what a season every half a year. You were mentioning, right? Right. So far, when I look, it's about a, every six months. Is yeah. Season. So they basically the show is they they interview celebrities. Um, they do 10 different sauces on chicken wings, progressively uh, more aggressive, and, and the questions get progressively more interesting as the, as the show goes on, and it's really fun to watch. So if you haven't watched the show before, and most people have, um, check it out on YouTube. It's uh, Hot Ones. You can subscribe. They've got over 2 million subscribers already, and it's a fun show. You get to watch people in pain and answering celebrities asking questions and exclaiming in pain about hot sauces and Gene's hot sauce is featured this year. Right. And it's uh what's fun about that is he asks good questions and I mean and it does take people off balance. You know, you can see some of the guests talking about expressing how they're getting that endorphin rush. They feel almost drunk when they're answering their questions mm. so over towards the end of the it's a progression, right? So their their theme is <clears throat> Hot wings and hotter questions, and you start out mild and just gets more and more ridiculous as you go <laughs> further into the show. Yeah, 
So I mean, Kevin Hart, since you could watch him, he's uh, his interview on there. It's, it's it's hilarious. He's just like losing his mind by the time he gets to the end of it. You know, <laughs> and you get, so they start acting. You know, you get interesting responses then because because despite the fact that they're losing it, they get the host is still asking them questions over the top of their English. So it's, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and it's you know what it, it's it's a it's a fun show, and it has to be really really awesome to be featured on there too. I mean, it's got to be. How, how did that end up coming about? Uh, well, I was working. Um, with one of my good customers in Brooklyn, uh, Heatonist, which is a boutique hot sauce shop, okay, that features a lot of very you know, hand selected products. And I uh, earlier this, actually, the end of last year, okay, I'll go back. It's actually maybe about fourteen months ago. We started talking about doing a custom sauce, and uh, I was just finishing up this. Uh, they ended up calling it. It was going to be Finocchio, but they decided to change the name to Finello. I guess Finocchio was too hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fennel uh, strawberry habanero sauce that I developed for them as a custom product. Interesting. Exclusive. And, it, you know, and so Tyler, they are one of the partners. Uh, Tyler and Noah are the, other, uh, are the two partners that own the place. Uh, said, hey, uh, by the way, uh, you know, we're the curators for Hot Ones. Uh, we're thinking about using Extreme Karma in, in the lineup. And I was like, that sounds awesome. So that's how yeah. it came about. They just, you know, it was kind of just... Keep it quiet. A little, you know, phone, a couple of phone calls, and you know, then I found out they were, you know, in December that they were starting to, uh, you know, record, and so I was just check keeping tabs on them. Like I couldn't even believe that it was really happening until it actually has happened. Now it's like because it's just such a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, and so your exposure. I mean, you've got a good name locally. You've been featured in the newspaper, um, but being featured on that kind of show has to be kind of. Uh, game changer, kind of a different thing. Yeah, the uh, it's it's been uh, sort of a me- meteor uh, meteoric uh, change in in the kind of in business coming in. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you're eating you know all sorts of national things, and <laughs> I think you were, we were talking before you're getting international requests. That's true for how to That's get true. your sauce. Yeah, I've got a, a big uh, uh, order going down to uh, an online place in Canada, they're shipping to Lewiston, and then they're going to, I guess, shuttle across the bridge. You know, awesome. And uh, uh, this week, and yeah, places all over the. Uh, calling about it, Germany, Croatia. <laughs> yeah. so, so, some more valid than others, perhaps. Right, right. Yeah, it's tough because you know the international shipping a, a bottle or two at a time. You know, you pay five times more for the uh, shipping than the bottle. So, oh, I'd have to imagine. So we got to work on our distribution channels going forward. No, that's that's amazing though. It's what what a cool opportunity, yeah. and um, you know, to get your name out there. And I, I love seeing Rochester people get a, and for somebody trying to do it really local and doing things the right way because you're you're growing a lot of things you're you're developing all the flavors yourself still right that's true yeah i mean that's that's that's, that's a my lot of work. thing and that's one of the things i'm tr- looking at getting more to i had some other requests to do custom products yeah and uh it's even with the local folks you know you know the way that like custom brew crafters does um different beers for different pubs around yeah yeah the area. I'd, I'd, I'd like to you know maybe talk to some local businesses about doing hey you want a custom hot sauce that's you know a unique product that you can feature Sure. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know. There's there's a little bit of that going around, but I, I know. I mean, the flavors that you're developing and how custom they are is kind of unique. I mean, yeah, it's fennel a bit, strawberry. I mean, that's yeah, so that's it's crazy. A, it's, it's a bit different than a lot of the private label stuff, where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Here, here's our catalog of, of stuff. Pick one, and you could put your label on it. That's right. Not. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that, but that's not really the model I've been using so far. Right. So yeah, because you're really trying to get something that's unique for a place. Yeah. And it, um, again, I, I hate to use the term, but it really, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use the T word. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really evocative of that place. It's not 
just a generic thing that's being labeled differently. And we're going to actually, I have something set up. We're going to, it's going to be starting after the uh, Super Bowl's out. We kind of run a little breather. There's a a closed group on Facebook called For the Love of Hot Sauce. Awesome. And we're going to put out a poll for desire. What what flavors would you like to see in a hot sauce? And and I'm not sure if this is going to work, but the, the way we're setting it up is okay. You can. It's one of these polls where you can kind of put in your own entries for what you want to vote for, mm-hmm. and so given two or three key ingredients to work with, whatever poll is the highest, I'll try and work with that to come up with something to work around it. That sounds cool. Yeah. So hopefully, I'm hoping it's fun. I want to kind of. I really enjoy the experience of giving that because fennel wasn't an obvious choice of something to base a hot sauce on. Oh, definitely it. not. So it was quite a bit of, you know. I had to come up with a few different angles before I settled on something that was really good. And that, and what we ended up with was really an, an excellent product, I think. They so moved. what did you end up doing with the fennel? I'm, I'm interested now. Uh, well, you know, like if, I, I mentioned earlier, the I had these ideas that were sort of Sicilian, kind of maybe Turkish, darker um, uh, flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I had a bunch, I have it a bunch of... Um, heirloom tomatoes put up as well. So I did some tomato-based stuff, and it, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good, but it wasn't like, wow, this is just awesome. You know, it was something I would have definitely used with food. And I started, started to think in a different direction, uh, almost more like a fennel salad kind of a thing. And then my friend Alex was like, hey, uh, you should uh, – I mentioned some citrus stuff because they also had said, like, grapefruit. Now, grapefruit is an interesting flavor. The problem with that on a shelf-stable product is that the compounds can break down in a very way that's very unpleasant. Mm. So my friend Alex like, hey, you should try bergamot oil. And so I threw bergamot oil. And I said, so I got some samples. And I was like, you know, I like Earl Grey tea anyway, but I hadn't thought about using it in this way. And, uh, yeah, it worked really well. It very, you know, very small levels. It gives you this interesting bitter uh, flavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things that can be super overpowering if you use too much of it. Yeah. Um, and I've had, you know, plenty of tea balances that are way off, and it's, you know, just screams in your nose. Right. But when it's used judiciously, it's just this perfumey, in a good way, yeah. kind of aroma. Right. And uh, bergamot, is just so folks don't know, it's a, it's a uh, bitter citrus, like an orange. And uh, it's, you know, there's a town in southern Italy that grows most of it that's used commercially. But I found out in my research for this that if you go to Senegal, they actually freeze the, oh, excuse me, they squeeze the, the, um, the fruit and they make a juice from it. So it'd be kind of cool to get hold of some bergamot fruit and oh, see, interesting. see what the juice tastes like. See, I, I had no idea it was... Did, did you know that, Brad? I, I'd never heard of that before. Well, interestingly, you know, uh, I do a project called the Chef's Collaborative Garden in Geneva uh, with Sarah Meyer and so part of Hobart William Smith uh, Finger Lakes Institute. There's about nine other chefs that uh, we, we grow a 3,200-square-foot garden. And it's always, you know, kind of interesting stuff that we can use at our restaurants. So, you know, again, it goes back to that whole, like, getting the local flavors and, uh, you know, for us, it's like, oh yeah, we actually grew that too. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, like Gene, it's, it's, it's kind of the fun part of, of the food business. And, uh, one of the things we grew, we actually grew some bergamot, uh, but we, we actually just harvested and dried the leaves. Um, it's probably a different plant, uh, than what you're talking about, but it, 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 what we found is drying the leaves, you got this interesting, <laughs> it was almost kind of an interesting petroleum sort of smell, but huh. like it did have that sort of tanginess about it yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, what's that other, uh, that herb that they use in um, a lot of the Mexican cooking that's got a, a traditional thing with beans. It's got that same kind of like, well, is this diesel oh, in this? You know? No, I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, and I'm, oh, I, oh, yeah. that's going to bother me. It reminded me a little bit of mezcal, you know, and it's funny. Oh, which I, I love. I mean, yeah, I, I, I I think about mezcal as I, I, I find it very interesting. I don't love it, 
Yeah. But I always find myself going to a couple of bars that I, I like, and I just say to the bartender, yeah, just make me whatever. Yeah. Make me the drink that you, you want to make right now. And it always, almost always ends up being something with mezcal. Well, <laughs> it, it's the, the nice thing about mezcal. It really pops through a cocktail. Even if it's a strongly flavored drink, you can always know that it has it in there, which a lot of things kind of get lost while that one never does because that, that through note is just, it's hard to miss. It is. Now, here's a question for Gene from me. I, you know, I, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, this whole bourbon thing and getting barrels and oh, yeah, aging yeah. stuff in something that has, you know, uh, that, that sort of alcoholic punch, depending on, you know, there's gin barrels. There's all kinds of different barrels. Any plans to do something like that, to use that as sort of a yeah, flavoring I, agent? Yeah, I've thought about that, trying to see where I could find some local barrels. I know there's iron smoke down the road. I don't know if they have barrels available, if they're using other smoking techniques. Here. I haven't actually, I've never, I haven't gotten to talk to anyone yet, so I yeah. don't know what the availability is. I'm always a little. I want to try some stuff. Stuff with that. That's uh, you know. I've got some oak aged um, cider that I'm working on at home. Oh, nice! But uh, you know, sometimes it can be. You got to be a little cautious. That I find that some of the you know the beers that are done with that that can be a little bit overpowering. Yeah, um, I don't and, disagree. You know the uh, you know so I, every once in a while I try try one that I'm not careful. I would keep I, the thought that the best thing that comes out of a bourbon barrel is bourbon. Kind of crosses my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, that's that, a good point. I, it's a but, little too strong for coffee for my liking too. You know, yeah. a lot of people are doing the bourbon barrel coffee, and it just um, you know yeah. I want my coffee. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a trend. To... It's definitely a trend right now. I mean, I, I know Jovian's got a black button gin barrel aged coffee that just came out, and I know bourbon barrel coffee, and they put the green beans in used barrels. And that's really a trend going around the country right now. Yeah. And think, there seems like there could be an opportunity there. Right. Definitely. And, you know, so you have those two levels. Like, when do you, are you just using a, a wood aged, you know, a toasted wood? Right. Versus going to the thing with something that's been used with the process for whether it's a wine or a. Well, actually, the wine would be kind of interesting too. Like, maybe it may be somewhat more available. But. Yeah. Um, well, that's. I'm going to start. I, I have a, a pin in my. To start looking for that to, you know, commit a. Maybe and that would be one that you would definitely want to do, like a ferment. You, you, you really yeah. would have to do that because you can't have a, like a fresh pepper sitting in a barrel for any length of time and have them be fresh peppers. You know, <laughs> that you've would gotta, probably be bad. You gotta, you know, go right to a, a malolactic fermentation of that, which is pretty easy enough to do. Right, anything you pack it with two to ten percent salt, and you're gonna. Yeah, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, I've, and I love doing that, and I've done it a few times at home. I've messed up a couple times where it fermented too fast and you got like those, um, you know, those uh, acetone-like aromas to it mm-hmm. um, because it's not actually fermenting bad. It's just fermenting too fast. This, at least when I researched, I don't know if, yeah. if you've done much research into it or not. But Yeah, I know. Well, for most of the uh, fully fermented stuff I've done was in like, a, you know, pickles, like cucumber pickles. Okay. And I find that as long as I'm using a weighted formula and keeping it at 70, 70 degrees, they always seem to come out. Just right, yeah. Know, even nice and good texture and good flavor. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things I've messed up before. I've had a lot of success, but I've messed up. I've got one in the basement that's aging right now, but I don't know if it's going to turn out or not. I know. You know, my mom called me the other day and she asked me kind of those questions because she knows I make a lot of pickles at Fox Run, and uh, actually a lot of the pickles I do, I I, I do them in Verjou. So it's it's one of the ingredients that's made locally by Tina Hazlitt yeah. down at um, Salmo Creek. When, what, what, what is verjus for those that don't know? So, so verjus, in French, it means green juice. And essentially, uh, at some wineries, uh, you know, when, they're, when they go through and they thin grapes in August, while they're, both varieties are still green, uh, pretty hard, get really low yield on the juice. But when you press that juice, 
Um, and typically that stuff is picked onto the ground. So it's kind of a waste product. So I, I look at Verju as one of the interesting things that's it's kind of European, but it's actually can be traced all the way back to the Romans. They were making mustard with it. So, you know, it's this old kind of product that's used as a, it's a waste product, but you can use it in place of vinegar in, in certain instances. And it, it does make a really interesting pickle. Um, I like to use it in salad dressing as well, sometimes as marinade. But uh, the, the, the pH is, is low enough where you get that sort of acid bite mm. similar to vinegar, but it's a different acid. It's, it's malic acid versus acetic acid. So um, it definitely, in terms of salad, like Peter Bell loves the fact that I use verju and a lot of the things that I do because it, it matches up and kind of knits together nicer with wine. And that's uh, Peter Bell's the head winemaker over at Fox Run. Yes. One of the um, preeminent, one of the most known people here in the Finger Lakes. Yeah, Peter. Peter uh, really knows his craft, and um, I, I think he's, you know, he's traveling all over the country. Usually, at times when there's not going, a whole lot going on at the winery, um, we're starting to ramp up our bottling, so um, that'll probably slow down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of wine to put in the bottle this year. Well, I'd imagine. Um, we, th- this year happened to be an extremely heavy harvest. Okay. Um, so a lot of folks that didn't do any thinning to create some of that verju type stuff, um, lots of grapes. I think there was like fifty percent more grapes than last year. Wow. So, so we, we have a lot of wine to put in the bottle. Um, good harvest. I mean, the grapes were excellent. That sounds great. I'm yeah, excited. we actually rented a, a milk truck to store Chardonnay in because we didn't have enough tanks. <laughs> so, I mean, you, and you're seeing that all over the Finger Lakes. So it's an yeah. interesting uh, problem to have. I think it'll be good down the road. Uh, Scott Osborne, our, our owner, just he just wants to be able to sell it. So Yeah. Well, a heavy harvest can be interesting, especially once you create the wine. You're like, is it? Is it? diluted is it all this stuff and i'm sure it'll be very interesting as the process goes through yeah it's um again it's uh, the, the grapes were real clean they were, were good they're just there was just so much of them so yeah. uh, you know I, it'll be interesting to see um you know i think riesling we have twice as much as we've wow had, so. so we'll we'll see how the 27 har- 2017 harvest turns out yes it'll be yes. very interesting so we'll see that what i think what a year i think is when it usually comes out well, there'll be uh, we're, we'll be bottling some of the whites here early in the spring. Um, okay, you know most of the reds typically don't get bottled till either late in the fall or or early winter. Yeah, um, we're just putting some things in the bottle now. We um, because of the 2015 harvest being so light, we actually sort of ran out of reds this year uh, for about a month, and we just got some Cab Franc and Lemberger wow. uh, back into the tasting room. So we're we're rolling again with reds, but uh, I'm pretty sure they're they're doing Chardonnay and Riesling uh, sort of as we speak. Great. That's exciting. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do some. We do a little bit of taste test some of the sauces, and uh, see uh, see how burned up we get with the extreme karma towards the end. We'll do a little lineup. I think you you brought a few. Would bring four different ones there, Gene. Yeah, I did. I brought uh, you know one of our mildest ones, which is a, the smoky karma sauce. Uh, you know, which is all sweet red pepper and just a little bit of. Orange peel and and uh, chipotle. Then we go to our cherry bomb. The you know one of our yeah actually this was voted best of the best at um, hot uh, zest fest this past year. Cool. And then the extreme karma that you know we're we're talking about on hot ones. And then just to uh, you know kind of take you to about the top of the lineup, our ashes to ashes, which is uh, like sixty three percent of our by weight of our homegrown, you know, reapers and goats. Actually, I, I, if you read all the, the warnings on the label, it says it's mellowed with a little bit of butchalokia, which is the of ghost course. pepper. So that's yeah. a, we'll give you an idea of uh, the landscape you have to traverse to get to the, the end of the, the hot ones without having the, the bomb or any of the other extract sauces, yeah. but it'll, it'll still be a, 
a steep climb. That is exciting and terrifying. Yes. And so I have a question, Chris. Yeah. Uh, are we going to be switching from coffee to milk here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like, or you know, I was watching one of the old shows, one of the hot ones shows. You saw that Wanda Sykes was on there, and she had a little fan. She was blowing air into her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember the first time I ate the hot. I mean, back in the early '90s, when, when I first ate a habanero. I actually, I had a guy that worked for me. We used to do this thing where he'd cut open habanero, just fresh habaneros, and he and he always like had this idea to stuff them with a piece of fruit and or maybe chocolate, and then he would dip them in chocolate. And he actually wanted to enter them in that that fiery food festival out yeah, in yeah. New Mexico or whatever it is. And, but he and he wanted to call them Hunk of Burning Love <laughs> after the Elvis song. That sounds and great. The first time I ate one of those, I, I thought I was going to pass out. I was like hyperventilating. <laughs> it was, yeah. we, and we ended up kind of characterizing it as like seven seven minutes of excruciating pleasure. So yeah. you know, yeah. for those that really like hot stuff, yeah, I thought that was kind of a funny, yeah, that was a funny that, way that to look at great. it. That sounds great. That sounds yeah, it does sound really interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. We'll do some taste testing and uh, see what kind of stupid noises we end up making. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back. This week's episode of the Food About Town podcast is brought to you by Frankly. And that's frankly.com, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y.com. Frankly is the best way to find out where your local restaurant sources their food from and how to find that specialty product you love so much. Frankly.com has been recently redesigned so please check it out and let me know what you think. You can reach me, Stromy, at frankly.com. Check out Frankly at frankly.com and join the open source food movement. And we're back. So um, in the break, we were talking a bit about um, Brud's project. He was working on doing doing more work that, with that Verjou stuff, and you're making your own making your own capers, kind of, with with what again? Yeah, capers, kind of. Kind of yeah, I'm trying capers. to figure out how to spell it, because I actually, I, I'm not sure I can actually call them capers, because capers are an, are an actual product. They're the unopened flower bud of the caper bush. So it's an unopened flower that gets pickled in a brine. Right. They're all hand harvested. It's a really interesting product. I mean, they're pretty much known around the world. But what I, what I did is I got this crazy idea to try it with marigold buds. So fascinating. We grew a bunch of marigolds down in Geneva, so it's cool. We got it, you know, growing on the land here in the region, and we we picked buds all summer. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is I mean that's I mean marigolds are very fruitful. Yes, they are, and once you actually start picking them, when they start growing the buds, they just throw off more buds. Yeah. So it was it was actually kind of a a really laborious process. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we have about five hundred pounds or so. Um, they're in the freezer right now, so we're, I, I like to call the freezer sometimes suspended animation. And you can do that with food processing, <laughs> yeah, uh, because we're actually going to just cook these in a brine and and do a hot pack on them, so okay. that they're shelf stable. So they do they do get cooked in the in the process. Yes, they do. Okay. Yes, they do. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know how capers were. I didn't didn't know if they were cooked or how that worked, but that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So typically, it's done with with vinegar and salt and yeah. a little bit of water to sort of. You know, if you want, depending on how salty they are, I've, I've actually sampled, I don't know how many brands of capers at Wegmans, and some are really, really salty. Others are just really nice and have a nice, like, vinegar bite to them. Right. Uh, not too much salt. So I, I took a lot of time to kind of figure out what was the brine and how, what were the percentages of the verjus, um, which is going to give me that acid that I need. And then the salt, which I can actually get salt from Cargill down in Watkins Glen. Oh, yeah, right. So, so not that far away. 
it literally is uh, what I I think I want to call it like Finger Lakes Pure or something like that because all the ingredients are going to be from the region. That's awesome. Which I mean, that's fantastic. That you know, we're we're talking to two people trying to make cool things right here in and around the Rochester Finger Lakes region, and yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think you know that's what's cool about this is. You know, that's what Gene and I share. We share this sort of love of the Finger Lakes. You know, we were both on the Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty Board uh, together at one point. Uh, you know, these days, I this will be my second year as the board chair. So um, I'm kind of trying to drive the organization in, in a way where we get more reach and we have more members. Um, I was just over at RIT uh, talking to a communications class, a graduate class, and uh, I've got them kind of set up to do a little bit of a project with us and talk about some strategic communication type stuff that they can work on as a project um, for their graduate degree. Well, I've got something we can talk about after we're done, too. I've got a project I'm working on where we can maybe highlight some of what you guys are doing, too. Yeah, so because be you know, Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty was started in 1999. And, and, you know, back then, if you think about social media and stuff, there really wasn't that, you know, Twitter wasn't around. There wasn't all this stuff happening uh, where things are just getting out there instantly. And, you know, with Instagram, <laughs> um, a lot of what you're seeing in social media is all very visual. It's all very image related. So right. I think we've kind of had to shift a little bit at Culinary Bounty. And I, I would like to see us get a little more active in terms of, you know, promoting our members and promoting the region and people that are doing stuff and doing it through images. Yeah. Which is, that sounds fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there to um, show producers that are doing things well you know, highlight that they're sourcing locally if they're making a product like what you're making. Say, hey, it's coming from farms. It's, you know, stuff like Gene's doing. You know, you're dealing with your uh, local farms as well. And that we're, you know, we're, we're making products that are good and that they're sourced responsibly. And we're really supporting our region by doing what we're doing with all this stuff. So it's very exciting. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to taste it. And that's, that's the part I'm, I'm really, I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, you know, I do. I have a couple of jars that were sort of test jars to get okay. the whole thing running. And uh, as Gene knows, you know, to get a scheduled process, which is one of those sort of um, technical terms for a recipe, uh, you have to run that through the state. And there's a, a place in Geneva called the Food Venture Center where they test all of those for, uh, you know, the science behind packaging something and having it sit on the shelf. So you kind of have to go through that approval stage. You have to get a food processing license. You have to have a good kitchen. You know, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, they're not that they're not that high, but uh, you know it's it's a lot of process to get something right. going, and sometimes yeah. people can spend a year uh, just figuring all that out, but then finally getting a product down. But once you get your license, you can kind of test stuff, and I'm sure Gene's done it like over and over and over. Yeah, get, I mean, a lot of my processes are very similar because I'm making hot sauces, so I kind of know how they're going to come down after the first one. But yeah, I do lament once in a while. I think back, you know, it's the, it can be a little frustrating because it's not quite as easy as changing the, you know, getting them, you know, the chalk out and changing the specials board. Oh, no, you know, I think I'm going to do this special tonight. It's like, no, I got to, it's a six month, you know, process at least, you know, if you think about all the things you got to do uh, to be prepared for it, you know, that your minimum time, once you're kind of in the game and you've got your kitchen set up and you know what you want to do, you could, you could turn around and in as little as two months. Wow. As little as two months. As little as, that's about as fast as you can possibly go to get something on the shelf, but that's like ridiculously fast. Wow. So. Yeah, it's sort of, it, it, I guess in a lot of ways it's on purpose. You know, you can't just willy-nilly change things and put it on the shelf. But that's right. uh, yeah, but challenging. Once, right, once you have your own, you know, when you're talking about something that's chunky, they really want to spend a little more time with it because they got to, you know, how the heat works its way through the product, how the acid works its way through the product, are going to be more concerns. 
if it's an acidified thing like you have with a packing capers or hot sauce or any kind of pickled thing where you're adding acid to it to do the preservation, uh, you know, there's uh, your critical control factors or pH and temperature. And once you have your own equipment to test those things, you can kind of give an idea. And like when I submit um, paperwork to the Food Venture Center, as much as I can, I try to put it in a format that is going to come out back to me in. Right. And so that's, you know, something that I'm very familiar now, having repeated that about oh, more than a dozen times in terms of the different recipes that I've got. So, yeah, I'm on, you're, you're, an, ex, you're an expert now in the process. Yeah. It takes a little while, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very exciting. I'm interested to see how that uh, setup in Geneva goes because one of the things that had, you know, going way back when, when I first got into this, was the fact that there really wasn't a shared use kitchen in anywhere in the area that you could go in and do that kind of have a 20C license and go operate it yourself. So that's a really exciting development. I know that Rochester's got a, a kitchen set up here as well that's coming yeah. online, but it's more of a geared towards food trucks and caterers and not folks who want to do like the shelf-stable stuff. So Yeah, I think it's a combination, but I, I don't disagree. I'm going to talk to you, uh, and that's through uh, Marty and Laura Sullivan. That's uh, the commissary. It's going to be downtown. So I'm I'm excited to learn more about that as it's coming online in the next few months. I think. Yeah, and I'm you know I've had some discussions with them as well, but and I'm now I'm getting a little more serious about it because I are looking to scale up and move to a bigger bigger spot. So I'm trying to you know find out who's got what economic development opportunities are out there for us to you know sort of build up the business. The funny though, the farm part of it we got in good shape because we got 23 tillable acres. So I'm gonna be able to wow. produce plenty of peppers. It's the more of the you know I don't have a loading dock kind of thing as the and do I have enough? I, I can get plenty of freezer space down here in downtown Rochester, but uh, some of the other logistics are becoming cumbersome. Interesting. Yeah, so that's it's all the things that happens during growth period, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to try those capers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Capers. Like, where, yeah, are the well, where are the samples, Brad? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do have some samples of some wine that I made in the car. Really? You yes. made, made your own? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, working in the food business, uh, I got the opportunity to, to move into a winery. I uh, worked at Red Newt for several years. And, uh, and then now at Fox Run, I've been there for, geez, I think this will be my fifth season there. So, wow. uh, you know, and working with Peter Bell, Dave Whiting at Red Newt, you know, excellent winemakers in the region. Uh, you know, if you look at their brands, they're just... They're just taking off. The, the whole region is taking off. I, I just saw something on Facebook today about, um, you know, the, somebody wrote an article about, you know, what, what is this thing? Why is the Finger Lakes such a hot wine region? And it's because I think we figured out how to grow the grapes. Yeah. And we've figured out how to make better wine. Uh, we're, we're a region of collaborators. And so I think everyone has worked really hard. And this is just sort of the results that are happening now. Which is really cool. Everything's hitting right now. And Finger Lakes is getting a lot of national recognition. So I think you know the more we, the more we focus on, the more we keep on pushing. I think we're we're getting we're getting the we're becoming a huge tourist region for this stuff. Um, I mean we were before, but it's even more now. And you know cities like New York are really embracing Finger Lakes uh, Finger Lakes wines, and hell a lot more than some of the local places are, which is kind of unfortunate. But um, you know we're we're working on that. Everything hopefully things are going to get better over time. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to dive in and we're going to do some sampling of Gene's Karma Sauce. So you want to start uh, doling some of those out there, buddy? Uh, yeah, let's see. Do we? Uh, I've got spoons. I think we need a, maybe a couple little plates or something. Sure. Put, put those on. Sure. Do I need a bib and a paper bag or anything? Can you um, say hyperventilate? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the wife's going to grab a couple plates, so that'll uh, appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, so... So the first one is your uh, smoky chipotle. 
Um, let's see. I think there's a wine there's a wine opener right there that should work. Yeah, I'll just set these up here. So you Perfect. Can try to keep the order straight. Nice. I like that'll, that'll be important. Well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to go right into the crazy one, but indeed. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to need to work my way up. Um, I like spicy stuff, but uh, I'm I'm a little afraid of this really hot one. I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I had one. I had one that was it's called. You know, if you can't make it up there, it's tapping out. But if you're, you know, if, I figure it this way: if you can handle the stuff. Ha- those stuff, chocolate stuff, happen your else. You're good to go. Yeah, you're in good shape, bro. Come on now, I don't want to see you shaking over there. <laughs> wow, that looks great. Wow, you know it's it is funny. You know, you see a sauce that has some texture like that, and it's it's definitely a different uh, take. You know, I I grew up with Tabasco. Actually, lived in New Orleans for a while as a kid, so. Um, you know, I was familiar with all those kind of hot sauces. Right. And, uh, you know, moving up here to the Northeast when, when hot sauce really started to take off, you know, it was still, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, it was still all about just the heat, and they were all a lot of vinegar-based sauces, but uh, that's that's what's so interesting about Gene's stuff, <laughs> this whole flavor idea, and, well, and it had using such, things like butternut squash. Right. I mean, Well, it had such a, you know, that Louisiana style was so fermented, and... I mean, Tabasco is such a profile because of how long it's fermented. It's a funky, weird sauce. It's amazing how popular it is, considering if you tasted it like against Frank's or something, you know, the big boys of hot sauces. Tabasco is a weird sauce. It tastes really odd. And the fact that it's so popular, I'm like, you guys know this is like really funky and fermented, right? This is not a, it's not an introductory sauce in a lot of ways, which is kind of weird. Yeah, and it is, you know, it is quite a bit more aged than it's like, you know, because because Frank's and uh, Crystal and some of the other ones, those are also you know Louisiana style sauces, but they're and they're more like each other than they are like Tabasco. So Tabasco's got kind of like a singular thing that's off on its own. Yeah, it's very very odd, very different. Oh, we're, we're yeah, there we go. Nice. So they were setting these up so that you have the. Um, the smoky caramel, which again was about our mildest, and the hot. We do ketchups and mustards and salsa. Okay, so you got a whole line of things, right? And we do have some hot sauces that are. These all have a, a, the apple cider vinegar component. I just okay up some from North Rose uh, earlier this week. So you do your apple cider vinegar as local too, which is very cool. Yes, nice. But uh, we're not making it. We might do a little batch of uh, boutique. Uh, like a, a northern spice cider vinegar, but I haven't. Oh, that'd be really interesting. I, I don't know if I've never tasted a like single apple, uh, single apple vinegar before. That could be a really cool product. Yeah, I would agree on that. Uh, you know, there's there are, uh, there are a lot of opportunities. I think um, I was just talking to Brian McKenzie down at Finger Lakes uh, Distilling down on the east side of Seneca, and, and they're actually talking about uh, creating and making and bottling uh, a vermouth right here in the Finger Lakes. So oh, it'll be interesting to see is... what kind of flavor profiles they come up with. Um, yeah, actually, cra- when, I, when I was a chef at Red New, we, we uh, had Dave Whiting and, and Kelby Russell put together a, a vermouth for us, a Riesling-based vermouth, but we only used one. We called it like one-note vermouth, a single-note okay. vermouth, and it was just one uh, flavor, one herb infusion. It was thyme. Uh, which went really well with chicken. It, you know, it kept the flavors really simple, and and that one, uh, that one herb infusion sort of it, it gave you a flavor that you were like looking for. It wasn't that blended flavor. So I'm anxious to try this when uh, when they get this uh, on on the on the road. I'm excited. Yeah. So all right. So so we've got I think in order. Do you is this 
Yeah, so the clock and stuff. You, the way you can tell is the uh, the darker sauce is the uh, cherry bomb, and yes. part of the reason um, that's darker because it's got a, a a bit of coffee in it as well as the sour cherry. So it's, okay, it's a little more uh, savory than you might expect. So it's not quite a really uh, super fruit forward in terms of being like sweet like a cherry pie kind of a thing. You'll get those nice. cherry notes up front. But then the flavor, you'll get a little heat and you'll get the finish. It'll be nice and long with the, the coffee on it as well and a little bit of cinnamon. And uh, All right, so we're, we're going, we're starting at 6 o'clock and going. Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no sorry, 6 o'clock. Right, I was going to say, I want to know which yeah, one's that really start? hot all one because right, right, I don't so want to start with that one. I just, uh, so 3 o'clock is number two. So start at the top at, at 12 o'clock. Start at 12 o'clock, okay. So I, yeah, just checking the orientation of your of your, of your your plate. So you start at 12 o'clock. Uh, I think we're the same. I think okay, we're good, we're, Brad. We're the same. Yeah. Make yeah. Sure. All right. We're, start, right. we're starting at 12 o'clock, o'clock and right. going, so, so that, going the, clockwise. The first one will be the very mild, uh, uh, what we call smoky. It's got a very mild smoky comment to it. It's, it uh, component. It's our one of the original butternut squash sauce. It's something that we can use instead of bar- barbecue sauce. Like I, mm. I, I don't really call it a hot sauce because it is quite a bit, quite mild. Well, I think for a lot of people that would still count. It's got enough vinegar. Is it has a noted spice to it, but it's not certainly not a challenging hot sauce. Right. But what it does have is got some fantastic texture to it. Yeah. I, now, t- when I use that, I often like I'll use that as a mm. uh, I'll brush it on for grilling, or I use it. Oh, uh, I can see that for sure. In, a, in braising quite a bit, where I'll just put a little mm. bit. If I have a, a mirepoix, I'll throw a little bit of that in, and maybe some wine or beer. And you know, braise some uh, chicken thighs or something like that. Or see, I like that now. Short ribs. Like this has got a lot of flavor to it. And we keep on going back. They've gone back three times, twice I, I, already. I'm, I'm hitting it a third time, and it's funny. Uh, you know, as a chef, some of my colleagues who, that I've worked with would be like, "Oh yeah, if Brud likes it, it, it he'll take a second bite." Yeah. Um, well, I always is my third bite. Yeah, this is this is really tasty, so, and it's. Know, like I said, I always recommend that as a you know something you can use instead of barbecue sauce. It's like something like six times less sugar, or just you know, and you still get that nice glaze. And I find that the between the squash and the onion, it's still it's amazing how just a sheen of that will actually caramelize really well on the outside of, of food on the grill. Now, what kind of smoke? Uh, what what kind of wood do you smoke these with? Is there okay, a, that the um is this, the chipotle is uh, that I've only that is not one we make in house. So I'm getting that from Mexico, the chipotle itself. Sure. I do some smoke, but I don't, I don't have quite enough uh, red ha- uh, jalapeno to make the full uh, enough uh, chipotle for the full batch. So, sure. So the fresh peppers are ours, and the squash and the onions and all, and the cider vinegar and the honey, or all local and the garlic. But the the ginger and the chipotle are not right now. Yeah, but that I mean that the onion comes through really clean, the squash comes through, and it's that is really delightful. Man, I'm enjoying what a delicious that delicious flavor. Holy crap! All right, so let's move on to the cherry. Yeah, the cherry bomb. Well, then this is our going to be in terms of a step up, a most significant one. So we're going from a very mild one to a solidly hot sauce. Oh wow! You can totally get the cherry on the nose. Like, oh you know, wow! It's a lot of fun. You know, I I uh, use that a little bit with like I'll, I'll, if I'm gonna. Jazz up some like buffalo style wings that are you know pr- predominantly with a uh, you know Louisiana base. Say if that's if I say order out, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll toss a little bit of that in. It's really good with a um a darker sauces as well, or, or dishes that are are roast like uh, um smoked stuff. Yeah, I could see like, that like on like bar- something like lamb too. I bet yeah. that would be great. Right. And mm. uh, you know the way I kind of describe it. You know, because folks are like, "Well, you've got some cinnamon in there. Is this a Christmas sauce?" Well, you, know, you think about it. I, I think of it more of like a. It's more related to like a mole kind of a or a, a, 
uh, poblano kind of thing where you know it doesn't have the nuts in it but if you think about uh trying to make like a mole sauce it'd be something that would be more akin to that or go well with it yeah i'm starting to sniff already right. um yeah, what, what's the pepper base in this one oh uh, that's a red habanero okay it definitely has that habanero a little bit of that acrid habanero flavor to it, which I enjoy, and I think it balances really well with the cherry sweetness in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love, you know, it's, some people don't like it, but I like that acrid habanero taste. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to burn, call it, but... Lingering Yes, burn. it is. So how much hotter is that one? So the first one was what? Uh, you know, I would say that it, it's interesting because the, you, know, you hear a lot of talk about Scoville units and which is a test that was it's a dilution test that's you know it used to be how much of this pepper do you have to mix in with a sugar water solution before you can't before you can taste and that's what orville scoville came up now they have like you know chromatography techniques that are, people are measuring how much capsaicin that, right. it all comes back to capsaicin in its pure form now when you have these uh, put peppers in in with other foods uh, like whether it's sugar, vinegar, fats, you're going to get a different perception for how hot they are. Um, in the strict technical sense, you could say, well, this has got this much more capsaicin than that. But I find that even in that regard, you know, there's you know definitely a nonlinear effect to how, how yeah. hot you perceive something to be, even just by changing the amount of pepper. And then the setting for how the pepper is presented will change it. Uh, even <clears> little <throat> things like, as a, for example, that sauce, is, as it's cooking, and you sample it, it will seem less hot as it gets closer to being finished because when it's more raw and the, like the onions haven't broken down yet, right? the pepper is sitting on the outside and it hits your tongue more immediately. So it'll seem mellower just, just because of that effect. Yeah, this one's definitely building a little bit. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. This I'm enjoying really it. I'm actually enjoying it. I, it's just that lingering heat. It's not, <laughs> it's not on my lips. It's not like... I, know, I usually know when it's really hot that it kind of migrates to your lips and they, everything is hot. Yeah, right. this yeah. is really tasty. I yeah, when I I and I think it's, I think because you can taste it, it's a real product. You can taste the onions, you can taste the right. cherry, you can taste everything. Right. Um, that's delightful. I'm definitely starting to sniff a little bit. This is going well. All right. So and so if I want to put a number to it though, comparing the smoky karma to the cherry bomb, the cherry bomb was maybe thirty times hotter. Yeah, that makes any in a linear sense. Now we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have we had started out with I didn't know if I mentioned talked about this yeah, we originally had you know a couple of uh, flavor forward sauces that smoky karma sauce and the curry karma sauce which are, which are more pronounced you know they have sort of more attitude then we have good <laughs> and bad karma which are a little bit more laid back and that you can they're more extensible in how you pair them and their good karma is mild and bad karma was hot of course and bad karma is about 20 times hotter than good karma excuse me uh 10 times hotter yeah than good karma and the extreme karma, which you're about to try, is about 20 times hotter than the bad karma. Perfect. So I was going, going, going from the smoky karma to the extreme karma, it's about a factor of 200 in terms of capsaicin. Perfect. I think we're in good shape, Brad. I, I, I can see you're, you're sitting back a little bit. <laughs> Trepidation. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably about you know three or four times hotter than the cherry bomb. Yeah, so the the construct, it looks a lot, looks pretty similar to the, to the smoky, is... Uh, so obviously the peppers are different, but is yeah, the base so, kind of similar? Yeah, the base is the same. It's actually a more, like I said, it's more of a laid back sauce. What what's missing from the extreme karma is the you know a little bit of orange peel on the chipotle. It's got, it, but whereas uh, smoky karma's got a, an all sweet pepper base, you take all those sweet peppers out and you replace them with ghost maruga scorpion and trinidad scorpion. Perfect. And that's you know really what's hitting you. There's no sweet pepper in there whatsoever. Death. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you know, but, <laughs> exactly. but it's also the mellowest extreme hot sauce you can have because it's got you know sweet potato and and um, 
squash to and honey to, to to mellow it out, but I would go sparingly. Perfect. So this is number three we're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, this oh, is this number is, three. And in the, this is in the number six position on Hot Ones. We're getting hotter, and he said laid back. Yes. So this, well, this well, laid is... Back, I said laid back for super hot. So yeah, right, right. so this, this, is, relative. Um, this is the one that's being featured on Hot Ones. Oh, wow. Let's, let's do it. Totally a... get that habanero smell. Are there habaneros in this one? No, but they're, uh, they're all in that same family, that Chinese family. So They, they get, have that uh, similar aroma, that acrid, right. which, again, I enjoy. I like that a lot in a sauce because it balances everything out. Um, but you can smell it more in the hotter sauces. Yeah, it gets, and it's interesting when you take like those those peppers and you dry them, and you, and you smell the, the dried peppers. They have a really fruity flavor. Well, that's what aroma. I've always liked about habanero. Like the first time I had them, if you, you know those those times where we ate them and we were you know falling over for seven minutes, I couldn't get over the aroma, and I kept saying to myself, God, if they could make a pepper or grow a pepper that had all this aroma and flavor, but yeah. no heat, that fruity, that would be for me. Yeah, that fruity, <laughs> interesting aroma. All right, man. You ready? All right, here, All right, here we go. It. Here we go. Somehow you only had two plates too, which I'm like, oh, it's on. Yeah, so Gene's over here just a little watching. unfair here. I'm just, I'm just a spectator trying to do this, which is. I really enjoy the flavor. It's again really balanced on the front, and it's it's coming on now pretty good. It I, takes it, a second to to engage. Yeah, there's like a sharpness that I find initially. You taste it and you get. It's the, just yeah. the flavor punch, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it gets sharp and goes oh, up. Oh, it's building. Kind of like right. a rocket. That's some serious yeah, building get in this, You get I'm a little more of the overall, overall mouth kind of burn. <laughs> not, not, um, exam, we, don't, we don't have any of the extracts, so you don't get that sort of direct topical application of wherever it hits your tongue first. Although I do recommend with the ashes to ashes to avoid getting it on your lips. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, my, my eyes are going a little bit. Um. This has got some serious burn to it. This is not. This is not joking around. No, if you're not a, a really a, like a chili head type of person, you know that enjoys heat, you're not going to enjoy that sauce. I like it. It's going to take me a minute to move on to the next one. My eyes are definitely watering. I, I see them yes. watering. It's time for the windshield wipers on the. Yep, on I dropped drop my glasses. I, I know off. water's not good for it, but I got to drink some water. <laughs> this is where the milk and the small fan and maybe some ice cubes. You know, some of the things that they say is that you know when you. In addition to the fats, is it, it helps to have things that are just plain cold. When yeah. You're, when you're dealing with topical uh, applications of capsaicin, because your mind, because your you know your nervous system does think it's being burned a little bit, and so the application of the cold will wow you, uh, it makes you salivate. Yes, it does a lot. Whew. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take I a think second. I might need you. a spittoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So if this is number six, yeah, this. They're they're pretty serious on their spice on that show. Oh yes, they are. They are, and it is interesting because you know the, the, uh, Sean Evans he, he goes one for one with a um, the, <sighs> the guests on the show, and he's you know yeah. And of this, course, this is what he does though. So he's, he's yeah. He's this this time shape. yeah, Gene's not going one for one with this. We only brought two plates out, so he gets to he gets to describe everything because I'm sure you've had this a bunch of times. Well, I have, and I if I, I would be enjoying it with you right now if I had a, a plate, but I, <sighs> I was like, oh, you only brought two plates. Wow, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Gene, get lucky. <laughs> Brad and I are suffering a little bit. It, How's it I, happening for you, buddy? I think I need some Kleenex. You know, my nose <laughs> is going to run down my cheek here in a second. Oh, oh I got them right here. I, I do use that uh, extreme karma on, on uh, my egg sandwiches from time. I'm more likely to use bad karma. Yeah. But it's surprising how uh, palatable it is in, in small doses. Although, yeah. what you'll find, though, too, again, if, if, you don't, if you're not into the chili head stuff, it may be hard to appreciate why this is a good thing. But you can have a sandwich... 
And then you'll still know 10 minutes later that you had that sandwich. You, know, you can still feel the presence <laughs> of those peppers. You know, not not an overpowering way, but it's still it's still there. All right. Wow. I, I don't know whether I'm shaking from that delicious pour over you made when I got here, <laughs> or I'm just my nerves are kind of like freaking out. Wow. All right. You know what? I think what we're gonna do. Um, yeah. Let's. So why don't you talk about the next one for a couple minutes, and what what's the difference? So this last one you made. This is your ashes to ashes. What's so? What's the difference in this one versus what else you have? Uh, that's a part of a you know a couple of uh, I can't call it a new line. It's a, it's just sort of a new uh, newer uh, style of sauce, which is some way you know maybe remotely related to like a sriracha. Okay, maybe not that maybe not so remotely in that it's but more of more, a pepper sauce. It's more of a yeah a very high concentration of pepper. So there's about 30, 33% pepper in the original lineup where you have oh. the, it's a lot of squash and onions in there. Even though pepper isn't the first ingredient on karma sauce, it's, you know, there's a lot of other stuff there. When you get into the um, ashes to ashes, and we have another one called Funkin' Hot and a third called Carnival, which is the newest, or one of our newest ones uh, that we came out with at the same time as the Finello was done. Right. Uh, these are in the 60 plus percent peppers by weight. Uh, so much pepper that we're, you know, we're doing some milling where we're taking out some of the seeds more or less depending on it. So we you know, leave some for texture and take some out. Also combinations where we're fermenting some of the peppers and uh, leaving some fresh. And so it's just a little garlic, a little sugar, uh, apple cider vinegar and pepper, lots and lots of pepper. Yeah, so my, my tongue is still, my tongue is still rolling right now. From think, the extreme karma, I think that seven minutes applies. Yeah, I think for if sure. I had, if I think I've had timed myself, I'm I, I'm starting to feel it subside a little bit. Yeah, but, but right on the it tongue, definitely peaked still... about a minute and a half or a minute ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so this is that's some serious sauce, man. Oh, it is. Like I said, you know, it's not the thing I would have I would use every day, typically. But it it is uh, for the there are folks who who really you know and again. I had sent some on this for the love of hot sauce group. One of the yeah. local, local guys here in, in uh, around the Saratoga, Albany. He's like, I sent him a sample of it, of the one that's the next that you haven't tried. And he goes, Yeah, I give this about a seven out of ten on heat. You know, it's like, and I wonder what a ten out of ten is like. It's just like you eat a flaming charcoal briquette or something. You know, it's, yeah. So, so this one, your tolerance may vary. So this one's probably edging up towards a million. This next one, right? Uh, it's it's about that, and that's <clears> one of the things you know, like. If you if you try a sauce and you don't know what was in it, it's, it can be hard to gauge what really it is. But that one, you know, based on the peppers and the concentration of them, it's it's in that <laughs> it's in that eight hundred thousand to million kind of range. Although I I haven't done any, you know, I'm not paying for any testing. I will say that as we've gotten our, our high tunnels, you know, really dialed in. Uh, whereas before, you know, before the last couple of years, you know, you could struggle to get those ghost peppers fully ripe and the scorpions fully ripe out in the field. And they, and they, they don't do that great if they're just field growing around Well, because you, you want that fruity flavor going along with that as well. Right, and they take a long season to get going. And uh, now when you get really bright red uh, scorpion peppers, it really makes a difference in how punchy they are and how, and how well developed the flavor is. And you can even see that our first batch of of uh, extreme karma was not as red as our our last couple of harvests. Yeah, I'm uh, so yeah, Brett and I are we're we're not talking very much. We're we're kind of I'm I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited because I bet this is gonna be delicious. Um, but now my my mouth is finally dying down. 
but it's ready to be jumped right to to crazy. Maybe town. that's what we should do. Not let it get down. Not let so it get down much, all the way. Uh, well, I will say that. Up. Yeah, you've already got. You were on the. Uh, you've, you're past the knee of the curve at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I know. I'm, I'm looking at the label here for the warning. You know, this makes me think of that McDonald's like hot coffee thing when <laughs> yeah. we went crazy and everything had to have a you know hot bold yeah. warning label on it. You know, well, if you're even at a coffee shop, and I'm Brad, thinking to myself, don't pour this in your mouth. Yeah, well, it doesn't say that either. They <laughs> want you to eat this stuff, so I'm, I'm just uh, you know, it's funny how you think of all these things. Uh, yeah, you, you eat little... something like this. Yeah. Where's the warning label? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is hot. This is hot. This should not be eaten by anyone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who? All right, man. All right. Here we go. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing as much as I did on the oh, last I'm one. I'm not either. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna dip the back of the spoon uh, You're gonna this do time the edge and of just kind spoon? of like, or maybe even a toothpick. I've seen people taste hot sauces with toothpicks before in some of the stores that have like, you know, 300 sauces on the wall. Oh, so I, 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 I was an observer. I'm saying it's a rather tiny amount you've got there. Wow. <laughs> Wow! See, we're get, this, we're getting taunted from across. This looks like enough for about forty now, that, you're, pounds. You're of gonna taste wings. that. That's that's a, that's a, that's that's perfect. That's that pretty good. Okay. So I, I'm I'm doing the recommended amount. Bread's. I'm I'm going low. I'm going. I, I'm going to do what he said. So I've got just the edge of the spoon. I've got a little little chunks here and there. Yeah, the aroma is fantastic. I mean, it's it's very clean. It's got a lot of pepper aroma to it, and it smells great. It smells hot as hell. Um, <laughs> so, all right, sir. Here we ready? go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, my God. It's almost sweet in the beginning. The front of that's phenomenal. It's definitely got some sweet to it. The pepper comes through. The sugar comes through a little bit. And then it dies out. And yeah, it's it's a different kind of heat than the last one, actually. Um yeah, I did cut that back a little bit. You know, I have made hotter versions of that, but honestly, I found it without the little bit of sweetness. It was just so raspy that I couldn't didn't enjoy the flavor of it. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's part of the thing. If you're trying to blast blow somebody away, you would make it intentionally a little bit harsher than that. But I want I wanted something that was really that would be true to those peppers and make it enjoyable as well. So you could yeah. I could make it like a scotch hotter than that. Yeah. You know what? This, worse, this one's hitting me in the back of the back of the palate, right in the back of my throat. It's it's hitting me there. It's not as much in the mouth. The other one was a little more fire in the mouth. Well, it's coming now. The oh, other one hit me more on the tongue in the top of the palate. Yeah, I think you didn't have enough on there to do like a full coating. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> Fine. Mm. I just find it every time I swallow, it gets a little hotter. A little I swirled. Hotter. I got it's I got like more. I'm swir- I swirled it this time. Yeah. I'm not going to shy away. I'm going to do this the right I way. I think I'm good. Yeah. My nose is starting to run again. It's still, it still hits the back of the palate more. I'm getting it on the tongue now. Um, you know, it's very different. It's The other one actually hit a little bit harder in a lot of ways. Um, I think I, because I had more of it. I did have a bunch <laughs> of that one, yeah. No, yeah. But the flavor, like, like I said, the, the initial sort of hit on your palate was really sweet and delicious. Pepper. Yeah. Like really, like, concentrated pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny it, the uh, the perception difference because again I mentioned these there's different concentrations but those pepper blends are well I guess the one has a little bit fermented in it as well but other, other than that there are the same peppers in the two yeah. sauces interesting that same blend it's just that you know I'm up using them a little differently yeah there it goes yeah it's there actually it, it gets hotter breathing out so yeah what what I find myself doing is like 
breathing in through my mouth and out through my nose. Well, then it's going to get in your nose, and that's going to hurt there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can feel this one. This one. This one's coming on now. It definitely it takes a couple minutes. Yeah, it just keeps expanding the heat in my mouth. Even I put a, I think I put a quarter of what you did. Well, Gene kept on taunting me, so I, I had to, I had to step up. Uh, yeah, so you bit on well, the carrot. I, you know, I could tell you you wanted to do it. Otherwise, you know, I, I wasn't taunting Brad. See. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's one. It is delicious. Thank um, you. The kind of thing you definitely want to use judiciously, but you can you can use it as a flavorer. Oh, words are going away from me. You can use it as a flavorant as well as a spice generator. The more I talk it, the more it hurts. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, one, so where, where, where can people get the karma sauce? Where can people find it all around town? Oh, we have about 60 retailers. You can find it right where, where we are right now. Uh, you know, you're in Ironoclite. Uh, up at the Simply New York store, they carry a bunch there. Red okay. Red Market is one of our, I think, our very first customer out in Fairport. Uh, Lori's carries a bunch of Abundance Co-op uh, down at Park Lee. And, uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm leaving other folks out, but we, our website has a list of the retailers. That you Great. Can get it. You know, Red Jacket Orchard out in Geneva carries it as well. And if you around the, you know, a lot of the wineries do carry it as well. I think there's, you'll find uh, Extreme Karma for sure over at Redbird. Okay. That, that, again, that was not one, <laughs> around this area. That's not, has been one of our most widely distributed products. It's more the, the cherry bomb and the bad karma, the curry, the ketchups, salsas, and, uh, mustards you'll find, uh, the very very hot stuff is you know ha, ha, historically hasn't been our biggest sellers up until the point that the uh, you know hot ones thing came out and now there's a little big surge in extreme karma. So wow, yeah, I'm I'm restraining my breathing because every time I breathe out, it is I can feel it on my lips as I breathe out. <sighs> yeah, I think yeah. that's that's what I found the first time I had habaneros, and and they're not nearly as as hot as as the sauce, so oh. I um, I'm feeling I'm actually feeling in my stomach too. Um, that's wow. I'm I'm blown away. One, I I love the taste, and people should definitely go taste um the rest of the karma sauce. You know, the smoky, the cherry bomb, those are fantastic. You can use those, you just you can use those in large quantities. You can do it, you know, on meats, all sorts of delicious stuff. So definitely go and try that. But if you like the heat, um, that extreme karma is. I love. I mean, the flavor on that was phenomenal, and I think it was a really balanced hot, hot sauce. So, oh, thank you. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'd be interested in trying this with some of the semi-dry Riesling. Uh, you know, it's interesting that Riesling, when you talk about Riesling in the Finger Lakes region, and it's just Rieslings in general, you know, folks like to talk about how well it pairs with hot, spicy foods. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Thai foods, and, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of hot sauces, uh, would love to lay them down and, and have a nice bottle of Riesling maybe from several of the Finger Lakes region, and, and just kind of test these out. Uh, again, it goes to those, like, outstanding pepper flavors that you get. And, you know, the sugar, uh, the residual sugar in, in the semi-dry style wines, you know, helps to kind of balance things out. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of those, like, flavor pops that you get um, with mm. with certain wines and certain uh, Absolutely. hot sauces, for yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of Finger Lakes wines are good with that. You know, Gewürztraminer and Riesling are both really good with spicy foods. Yeah. That could be a really fascinating pairing exercise. Yeah, yes. So there's a group that comes up in the fall. That's uh, part of a New York Drinks New York campaign, uh, you know, funded by New York Wine and Grape Foundation out of Canadagua. Uh, we do this thing called Harvest House, where they invite uh, restaurateurs and, and uh, sommeliers and, and managers 
up from New York City restaurants that participate in the program where they're just trying to get more New York, uh, but especially Finger Lakes wines in into Manhattan restaurants. You know, it's, it's one of the most competitive wine markets in the world, and they've done a really great job. Uh, it's, this is the seventh year, I think, for the, for the Harvest House and for the New York Drinks New York campaign. But I've used um, uh, Gene's uh, ketchup. Uh, on the barbecue, so we do a barbecue oh, awesome. uh, usually uh, both introduction nights, uh, the Sunday night and then the Wednesday night when they bring up a new uh, group of campers. We used to do a barbecue, and uh, last year we made we made duck burgers. Ooh, that uh, sounds so, delightful! Oh my god, nice. the ketchup was just and I make my own rolls into uh, things too. So of course you do. Th- throwing that ketchup on there with just simple ketchup and the grilled burger on a really nice homemade bun. Oh Ooh. my gosh, it was so delicious. That sounds awesome. Yeah, this is great food. This is great food hot sauce. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, the, I, my <laughs> wife's favorite is the curry ketchup though. That she just keeps saying you need to make more do with more of the curry ketchup, but, you know. And they has, it has been really great to see stuff being used locally, you know, like at the Wine and Culinary Center in Canandaigua, they're using some of the ketchups and the and the mustards as well, so that's really awesome. Nice. But uh so great. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, more check. pairings, more good pastries with like uh Goat cheese and hot sauce. Oh, that could be great. Gorse demeanors, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you can find it. What's what's the website again? Uh, Karmasauce.com. Karmasauce.com. You can find uh, locations on there and uh, check it on local markets. And um, where can we find you, Mr. Holland? Well, you can always find me down at Fox Run. Uh, there's always something going on there. We've got a couple events coming up. Uh, we're doing a, uh, the weekend after Valentine's. We're doing a Valentine's brunch. We did that last year. Uh, we just do two seatings. Uh, that's on the 18th, and then we have a, a special event in the spring now that we're doing. Uh, that actually, Kelby Russell thought of, who's the winemaker at Red Newt while he was at uh, Fox Run. It's called Burning of the Canes, where we, we pile up about 20-foot uh, tall pile of the, the canes that they pull out of the vineyards in the winter, and we, we burn those canes and kind of signify, like, hey, here comes spring. That's uh, great. New season. That's free to the, free to the public. Uh, we do a lot of food out on open fire. We have this big open fire griddle that we do a bunch of stuff on. Well, there'll be wine and free music. It's a really great event. Uh, we, we actually hope for snow because it's a little more fun with the snow. Oh, I'm excited. I definitely want to come out for that. That's a really cool idea. And that's on the 24th of March. 24th of March. Very exciting. So don't fret, everybody. <laughs> Even though we're in January, I mean, we've got spring coming. This is going to be, it's going to be great. And yeah, I'm excited mm-hmm. to check that out. It's going to be a really cool event. Um, so, guys, thanks for coming over. This was a lot of fun. Oh, and you. you can see Gene's Hot Sauce on Hot Ones. Check it out on YouTube. And, I mean, with the way we reacted, I'm sure the celebrities are going to pop on the Extreme Karma Sauce. Yes, yeah, so we got one down anyway. So, One down, a <laughs> lot more to go. So, guys, thanks. Uh, have a great day. Hey, thanks, Chris. Right. Thank you. you.